Welcome back to A Flame for Christ, homilies and talks to set your heart on fire with love of Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined us on this 13th Sunday of Ordinary Time. One time, the great scripture scholar Dr. Jeff Cavins was invited to give a talk to a number of prisoners in jail. It definitely wasn't usually his kind of a usual setting for his talk, so he was a little bit apprehensive, a little bit nervous, but he agreed to go. And so we walked in there, and the room was full of guys who just looked like thugs, tattoos everywhere, burly guys, guys who just had a scowl on their face. And he's kind of nervous. He gets up there and starts giving his talk. And one of the guys in the front row interrupts him and says, hey, Dr. Cavins, are you scared of us? And he says, well, why should I be scared of you? And they said, well, you know, we can kill you, right? I mean, we've done that before. We know we can, you can, we can kill you. And he just laughed and he said, you, you can't kill me. And I said, yeah, of course we can. And Dr. Caven said, no, you can't. When I gave my life to Christ, I died with him. And you can't kill a dead man. I got a grudging laugh from the audience. And from that point on, everybody kind of realized that he actually believed what he preached. You know, in today's second reading, St. Paul says a very odd thing. He says that at our baptism, we have died with Christ, that our old selves, our old life, our old sinful nature was nailed to that cross and then was buried with Christ in the tomb. And so when Christ walked out of the tomb, he left our old selves there. He left our sinfulness, he left our brokenness, he left our weakness there in the tomb so that we can live a new life with him who is risen. And Jesus says something very similar in the gospel when he talks about, he says, those who seek to truly live must first be willing to die with him. This really is more than just life as usual with a few prayers sprinkled on top. And what we're talking about, our life must be one of continual to dying to all that is not Christ so that the life of Christ may live in us. So what does it mean to die with Christ? Now, here are four things that must die if we wish Christ to live in us. First, we must die to our ego. Recently, I came across a Christian sports academy in Kentucky called I Am Third Sports Academy. And I delved into kind of what they were, and I thought it was very interesting because they were trying to teach kids that despite all of their success on the sports field, they have to remember that they are third, that God is first, others are second, and they themselves take third place. I thought that was a really interesting uh, kind of juxtaposition with a lot of people, especially celebrities that we see in today's culture who want to exalt themselves. You know, I think of Muhammad Ali when he got up there and he said, I'm the greatest of all time. Or some of you may know Andrew Tate, who's the social media influencer who calls himself the top G, as in he's the best at everything. So as our ego and pride die, Christ begins to take life within us. A second thing that has to die is our inordinate desires for things of this world. So people often ask priests why they wear black, and the answer is because the pasta stains don't show up. No, not really. I mean, we wear black to show that we are dead to the things of this world. The things of this world no longer hold attraction for us, but rather we are alive for Christ and him alone. And really, every Christian should make sure that their desires for the good things of this world are ordered properly. Right? It's great to enjoy a steak dinner, but probably not on a Friday in Lent, right? It's wonderful to enjoy a new car, but at the same time, we have to balance it with our obligations to generosity to the poor and to the church. It's wonderful to want to enjoy marital love, but we can only enjoy marital love within the covenant of matrimony and open to life. So any desire that we have for good things that are pursued in the wrong way or at the wrong time or in the wrong amount is a disordered desire. And those disordered desires need to be put to death so that our desires to enjoy the good things of earth may lead us to the better things of heaven. A third thing that really has to die is holding on to our past and our future. You know, St. Padre Pio said, 
My past to your mercy, O Lord, my present to your love, and my future to your providence. My past to your mercy, O Lord, my present to your love, and my future to your providence. And so anything that we're holding on to the, from, from the past, maybe it's shame from stuff that we've done. Maybe it's anger or hurts or wounds that we just can't get past because we're having this unforgiveness, these grudges in our hearts. That needs to be released into the ocean of God's mercy. That needs to be left in the tomb so that we can walk forward. In the same way, if we have anxiety about the future or have an overwhelming desire to control the future, that too has to be left in the tomb so that we can experience the freedom of living in and for Christ. Finally, though, a fourth and kind of a most important element that we have to die to is we have to die to our sins and our vices. Recently, I was speaking with a very good friend of mine who had had a heart attack about three years ago in his 30s. And he was telling me that his life changed pretty drastically that day. And he was out for a run and he happened to just simply collapse. He doesn't even remember what happened, but he collapsed right in front of the house of a nurse. And the nurse was looking out the window at that moment, saw him collapse, ran out there, performed CPR until the the ambulance got there. And for a while, it was kind of touch and go. We weren't sure if he was going to live. And so I asked him, I said, Paul, what changed in your life? How did you change after this experience? And he said that he began to really realize that he needed to conform his life more to Christ. Because he said, well, why am I worried about like fighting with my wife over this small thing when he got a second chance at life? You know, why is he worried about yelling at his kids for spilling milk? Why is he so worried about playing games on his phone when he knows he should be praying? It gave him a new perspective to say, you know, life is very short and I have to start using it well and get rid of our, my vices and sins and start really kind of living a life of holiness. But that's not just for those who have near-death experiences, because all of us have died, right? In baptism, we have died, says St. Paul, which means that we're on our second chance. We're living our second life, the life of the risen Christ, hopefully living in and through us, which means that the human nature, the human fallenness, the brokenness, the sin that we've inherited from Adam and Eve has to be put to death. You know, I recently read about a beautiful saint who lived this out so powerfully. Her name was Blessed Mary Magdalene of the Incarnation. She was born to a wealthy merchant. And, you know, when she was very young, she was very drawn to prayer. She spent long hours in the church, long hours in prayer to God. But her father was very worldly. And her father kind of encouraged her and said, this is really strange. Why are you spending so much time in prayer? You need to go be with your friends, be with your peers, kind of fit into society. And so because of her father's influence, she suddenly became drawn further and further away from prayer. When she was in her late teens, a boyfriend gave her a very fancy, beautiful necklace and said, why don't you try this on? And so she went inside the house and put it on and looked in the mirror. But when she looked in the mirror, instead of seeing her own reflection, she saw the face of Christ crucified. And Christ looked at her and said, do you wish to leave me for the world? And she was completely shocked by this vision in her mirror. And so she took off this necklace and gave it back to her boyfriend and said, hey, I need some time to think and pray, you know? So she decided to go on this retreat at a local convent of nuns. And when she walked into that that convent for her retreat, she felt a peace and a joy that she had never experienced before. And so she knew she never wanted to leave that place. And she didn't. She joined that convent of nuns and became known as someone devoutly uh, devoted to the Blessed Sacrament. She would spend long hours in prayer where she really found the true peace that her heart longed for. Here was somebody who tried the things of this world and the things of God and found that the latter were far more satisfying. My friends, all of this old life, our sins, our pride, our worldly pursuits, it must be put to death, not because they're bad in and of themselves, but because Christ wants to live in and through us. And these are obstacles to his life being lived through us. And so as we gaze upon the crucifix here in this church, 
and we look at what our sins did to Christ, we see that nailed to that cross was not only Christ, but our sins as well. And when he walked out of that tomb on Easter Sunday morning, he took us with him and gave us the opportunity to live a new life where Christ is living in us.